Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the week 17 edition of Birds vs. Boys. If you are watching on YouTube, yes, I look like I have been, I went seven rounds with, I don't know, Mike Tyson. Um, Cowboys lose on Christmas Eve, and ever since then, life has been downhill. Daughter, <laughs> sick, got me sick. Pink eye, check, all of the above. It's been a great week, and we are on to the Detroit Lions at home. Aiden finally gets a win since, yeah. I think, October. Welcome back to the party, Aiden. Back in control of the destiny, basically, for the NFC's crown are the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're here to talk all about that. Heading into Eagles, Arizona, Dallas, Detroit, which will be the Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor game, finally. Aiden, Merry Christmas, almost Happy New Year. I hope you're doing better than me. I am. I'm doing a lot better now because you finally wish me Merry Christmas. I FaceTimed you on New Year's Eve to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, see how you were doing. I was baking a cake, mm -hmm. and I wanted to tell you all about it and just wish you a happy holidays, and you were nowhere to be found. So I just felt well, you know, a little well, out there, and now I feel a lot better now. That you finally, I think the uh, reason why I didn't answer was because you FaceTimed me on New Year's Eve, like you said, and that's in a couple days. So I will... I will answer the FaceTime on New Year's Eve. Okay. Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas yes, Eve. You are, you are correct. You uh, I was driving home and could not answer. I apologize. Uh, no. Did not get to watch a lot of the Miami game live. Watched a lot of the highlights after. Um, you know, why you just ignore your best player on your entire team on offense for two straight quarters after he looked like he was going to have 250 yards after two drives. Um, you know begs the question of why but oh i know that feeling quite well <laughs> mm -hmm. so let's get into it hope you had a great holiday mm -hmm. in all sincerity yep all aside great. from the sickness hopefully it's a good christmas morning tree looked good at your house mimosas good, good yep. you got everything you wanted santa came oh yeah actually i got the shirt and it's sick it's i and abercrombie of all places you would not think that they would have the hookups for like vintage eagles and nfl attire but they do so i was very uh very happy and got the win on christmas day so all in all great holiday i know you got <laughs> sick but hopefully at least christmas it's all right yeah it's all it's all part of it now once you have a child this is just this is what christmas is now i so, thought of you yesterday we went out to eat and there was a family next to us and they had three kids and the one kid coughs the entire meal <laughs> and then the other kid at the end of the meal not the one who was coughing goes to his dad he's like i don't feel good i'm just <laughs> like how are parents not sick 365 days and my and my daughter is not even in daycare or <laughs> school yet so can't wait for those days makes it that's accessible huh huh um yeah but we have we have obviously a lot going on so i'm going to start with um yes. the craziness and absolutely insanity that was that jair alexander interview real quick i have to touch on this did you see this i'm so glad that you're bringing this up because i i laughed the entire time i thought it was I, so funny i have I think an, i've I have watched it eight times i have an admission of guilt once we're done talking about this that you don't know what defer or defense or what the difference is i may have screwed it up on a football game one time <laughs> did you really i did it yeah they, they hustled me though this time that like he just screwed it up on his own the other team they act, they hustled the ref, which in turn hustled me. So I, I definitely, I forget the phrasing that they use, but they didn't use the term defer. You know, like if you defer, you're supposed to say, we'll take the ball first or else you're, you're going to be stuck playing on defense both times to start both yep. halves, which is what happened to us. They didn't use the term defer and it threw everybody off. And I was just like, 
so we'll play defense first. And they're like, are you sure? And I was like, no, but okay. And they're like, all right, well, they get the ball and they get the ball to start the second half. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, you should just be like, we're either going to kick off now or kick off the second half. Yeah, I was going like, to say, like, it's almost like they're purposely making it. Like, who is going to defer and be like, yeah, no, we don't want the ball either. Yeah, exactly. Right. The ref, like the ref walked away from it. And he just looked at me. He was like, I don't know, man, like that. Like he, he was like, sorry, like that was just dumb. <laughs> How about Jai, like why the thing that like he's like, oh, coach didn't know I was from Charlotte. Tell him like, yo, bro, yeah. <laughs> you're Jair Alexander. Like you're the be- one of the best corners in the league. If you just be like, yo, it's my hometown. Do you mind if I'm a captain today? I guarantee Matt LaFleur would be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, just go or out maybe there. maybe talk. this Clearly. specific reason is why he's not out there. They're like, yeah, no, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the reporter is just trying to like get him to the point, and him still not getting it was the best part. I it was hilarious. They're like, so you just like went out there? He's like, oh, I'm from here. Yeah, and they so were like, you know, you like they're like, we have the auto, you, auto or audio. You know, you almost messed that up, right? And he's like, no. He's like, they kept looking at me like. I don't know why <laughs> he couldn't figure out why everybody in the, in the huddle like pregame was like, are you sure? <laughs> and that like the balls on the floor to actually suspend him in a must win playoff scenario game is wild. It is. I feel like this has to be a repetitive thing where mm-hmm. they were like, okay, we're kind of tired of this, but I, if you're, if you're not a fan of that team, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh God, it's hilarious. It's absolutely. I, I just like. I think the. I think this happened to the Cowboys not too long ago, where they lost possession, like they deferred and didn't get. They. I gotta look this up, but I'm almost positive happening and happened to the Cowboys a few years ago, where they lost possession in both halves because of yeah. this. It, he, you're right. Like it'd be so much easier if we just we were like, okay, do you want the ball first or do you want to play defense first? And then the other team, whoever it is, just be like, okay. Then you get the ball to start the second half. There, I feel like there's an easier way to do this. Yep. His explanation of how to get to an easier way of doing it was hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. It, the best part about it, the sunglasses in the locker room did not help his case. No. Oh, God. And he's just like, and they're like, did anyone come? Did anyone say anything to you on the sidelines? Like, no, why would they? The best. The best. All right. Well, we just had to I had to start with that. But uh you may you may begin since you uh you've had the most recent victory than me for the first time in two months. Well, I talked about a little bit about yes, that with did. the pregame show, but when we were texting, you said that you had a lot to talk about and you were fired up about things to talk about, but I said it. I mentioned a joke about the game and you said it wasn't the game. So I'm actually really curious. I'll let you start. I'm very curious. You're fired up. You have a lot to talk about, but it wasn't about the loss. To- well, it's not specifically like that game. It's just like a compounding of everything and, and what's moving forward. So that's also um, everything's compounding. It is like the run defense and the run defense wasn't even that terrible in this past game. Hopefully they're going to get so. Jonathan Hankins back against Detroit because I mean, this is three straight um weeks where you're going against dynamic running attacks, right? Buffalo with Cooks, who obviously ran for over 200 yards last week, Mostert and A-Chain, and now you're going against this Detroit team who, with Montgomery and Gibbs, can, you know, slash and dash you 
apart. Um, now, some people are saying this game, you know, doesn't mean much to Detroit anymore because, you know, they just won the division well, title first time since 1993. You know, this is they're, they're going to be on a high. Yeah, but they're they're still playing for a two mm-hmm. possibly, uh, you know, it's very far fetched, but possibly a one as well. Um, so that that's a big that's a big thing getting a two seed. So I think they're playing with everything on the line. And I think this is a type of game that Dan Campbell is fully going to have his team ready to go. People, you know, in circles are like, well, you know, they're not, they're not the same in Detroit as they are on the road, kind of using the Cowboys logic. They're six and two on the road this year. So you can throw that logic out the door. Okay. It's just the bears game that they looked horrible that I think is recency bias in everyone's brain where they're like, Oh, they're actually bad. that's a division game, right? We've all seen yeah. those things. And I've seen it well, against the Eagles. You've seen it against the Cowboys in, in times where we shouldn't lose against each other, when you, you shouldn't be in a in a grinded out game on Christmas with the Giants. Like it's just that's just what happens in in division games. So I this was the game that I was, you know, I I always thought Buffalo was gonna be a loss. Yep. Miami, I thought, you know was kind of a toss up and that's kind of what the game came down to, right? I think it came down to little mistakes that the Cowboys I've talked about a thousand times make in big games, especially on the road. And Miami is playing just lights out at home. This was the game in this quote unquote mini gauntlet where people were like, all right, it's at home. It's Jimmy Johnson. It's Saturday night. Like this is a lot. No, (laughs) no, it's not like, what do the Cowboys in recent years have problems with? Getting punched in the mouth. What is Man Campbell's quote? He wants to bite kneecaps off and literally beat the shit out of teams. So, like, this is the exact. Mike McCarthy said it this week, Aiden. This is their toughest matchup of the season. If this is the toughest matchup you have of the season and you just got beat down by Buffalo, you lost by 30 to the 49ers. What does that mean, Aiden? <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of surprised that he thought that, that was the toughest because I thought I am. Well, I'll, I'll start here. I'm a big time Cowboys fan this week. Go Cowboys. How about that, that helps us if they beat the Lions. So we are uh, boys versus boys this week. And I feel everything that you said where I think the Cowboys are in a good spot. They need to bounce back. I don't really trust the Lions defense. I trust them less in this moment. Um, and I think there's an emotional high of winning the division, having this drought, having hosted a playoff game, and who knows how it was actually since the uh, Cowboys Lions uh, playoff mm-hmm. game a few years back. And I just think they are due for a letdown, and it could be this moment. So I'm actually a little surprised. I thought you'd be more like up, you know. It's, I mean, you know how yeah, I was after like losing back to back games, but I was also like. Uh, I'm up. I think the Cowboys are going to come to play in this game, right? It's at home. It's Saturday night. They love to play in primetime. This is the Jimmy Johnson game. I'm not coming in here saying like, I think it's a loss. I just think people need to realize it's, it's not going to be, I don't think one of those, you know, well, we average to win by 38 points at home every all week. No, No, this is going to be a game, but it's going to be a game that, also hinges on some players are they in or out right i think if jonathan hankins does play that brings my spirits up even more with the run defense right if tyron smith plays i feel a lot better than chuma adoga at left tackle 
against Aiden Hutchinson because that of would Aiden. Help. Did you did you see any of the did you see the one play where Chumadoga yes. like just went out to his guy and he's like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, it, he was lost. He barely got a hand on the guy. I think it was that's, Bradley Chubb too, which was like all people. He's lost. Like when he does know what man is his, he's he's okay. He's like an average player. He doesn't know. <laughs> that's the yes. problem. And for Dak to be pressured like on 44% of his throws, it's just, it's not going to get it done, right? And the, the way this this running attack, you know, you have Tony Pollard going inside for absolutely no reason when it's just a race to the pylon, which a speed running back supposed to do. Like I can think of a reason that the speed back went inside instead of didn't make it to the pylon. Why is that? He broke his leg <laughs> within this calendar year. <laughs> So why are you why are you losing momentum to go inside? Like True, I've, I don't. I've also I don't think I've ever seen a player get eighty five percent of his body in the end zone except for the ball. It was a very impressive tackle. I know the Cowboys fans are upset with Pollard's angle to the end zone, but the tackle was also very impressive to just stonewall him like that. As I'm as I'm watching the um, Fenway Bowl here with uh, Boston College and SMU, and shout out to you. You know when they 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 just went for an extra point. You know how they bring the thing up to block the the ball behind the end zone. Yeah, and it has an advertisement on it. It's just mm-hmm. three big ass Celsius bottles. Oh, you have three big Celsius, and your eyes are gonna be twitching for the rest of your life. You're gonna be like Eleven's mom in Stranger Things when she's like sunflower, rainbow, ninety-five um, degrees. So there's little things in this game. And, you know, I the Lions left tackle is also he is a, a DNP so far this week. So if he does not play, you know, that that brings my spirits up with this pass rush getting after Jared Goff. It's just what team's going to show up? Is it the home team that that, you know, balls out or is it the team that for some reason just neglects Michael or uh, neglects CeeDee Lamb for two quarters? Um you know, uh, get sacked on first and 10 from the 11. It's like, it's just the little stupid things that hurt this team, including the penalties, right? They now lead the league in penalties again. It's, it, it it's be, it's a trend now under Mike McCarthy. The undisciplinedness is of oh, this team. We'll and it's, it's That'll be stupid a trend little today. It's just stupid little things too, with like Jake Ferguson and CD moving at the same time. And I hate that rule. I don't know if you if you saw that play where CD was checking out to the the official to say like, "Am I good?" And he told him to move back. He literally moved back a half a second while like Ferguson's toe was moving, and they called it illegal motion. It's like the at the line the scrimmage penalties they're calling this year. It seems to be a point of emphasis because there was another one. Uh, this week with the moving of the football, the center moves the ball. There's one in the Eagles yep. game, the center's movement of the head. There's a lot of pre-snap uh, motion penalties, illegal formations. Obviously, the most obvious one was the Kadarius Tony offsides. It seems to be a huge point of emphasis that everyone needs to be lined up accurately yep. and with discipline. Yep. And if you are not fully on point, you are going to be in trouble. And that goes back to coaching, right? If it is a point of emphasis this year, coach your team to it. And that's kind of like, I feel like both of our teams have been somewhat undisciplined. I know Sirianni has been getting, you know, crushed with that this season that, you know, his, I don't want to say antics on the sideline, but just like, they look like a very not well coached team at points this year. And and the Cowboys as well. And again, Aiden, we've said things like this before. 
we're both going for a division title and have d- double digit wins. It's the they're eleven and four, and people hate the team. <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world. Just imagine if they were well coached. Uh, that's the problem. I think is both of our fan bases see these two teams sitting with these records and saying, "Think and looking at the whole." NFL landscape where anyone can lose in any given week and there's no really truly dominant team but if they just were focused and disciplined think how good we'd be think of the path of the Super Bowl we would have if you just were disciplined Um, another thing I want to talk about is how jealous I am of something Um, watching the Ravens linebackers play against the 49ers they are fun to watch. The whole like, defense, really. I understand the Cowboys took a quote-unquote linebacker in the first round with Michael Parsons, but like the lack of care for both of our teams with linebacker in the choir. is just outrageous, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Like When you go against teams like Miami, teams like the Nine, like you need solid strong linebacker play and watching Patrick queen who's going to be a free agent. Um, don't worry. He knew that our teams will, will dip their, even their little toe into that water. Um, Roquan Smith to begin with. mm -hmm. Oh God. They're just, it's just, it's, it's frustrating, especially the, the, you know, the Cowboys release for Sean Evans who just, you know, he has not looked good, obviously, but people are like, we have no linebackers. Like Damone Clark is their truest line to form linebacker who just is not coming to fruition this season. Bell is a safety who's converted. Curse, they're playing down there. Now they're playing Micah back more off ball, which takes mm-hmm. away from his ability to rush the passer, even though he's doing good things. It's like there's just, you know, I guess you can't have your cake and eat it too. Every single piece of your team can't be perfect, but. It can be better than what it is. <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect, but it could be good. Like it would be nice if the position wasn't a weakness every single week. And I understand, like they had a plan, right? And the plan was Leighton Vander Esch, who was playing better again yep. this season, and Demarion Overshone, who was looking like a rock star in preseason. Both get hurt, both done for the season, and it's like, okay, well now Dan Quinn's trying to, you know, cook up uh, a Michelin star meal with ramen noodles and it's not easy to do so it all falls back on him you look on twitter and people like can we start having the dan quinn conversation um of course because the defense just you know isn't the 84 bears um but right there's just so many question marks and for a team who's already in the playoffs a team who still technically has a chance at the division a chance at the two seed the amount of questions i feel like there's more questions and concerns than there are hopes and dreams right now <laughs> heading into the playoffs that and that because that now i'm dallas cowboys or are you running for 2024 president all of the above <laughs> all of the above we can fix a lot of things linebacker the economy mm-hmm. uh maybe uh, right tackle left right tackle, tackle. <laughs> All of it. We need to fix all of it. Potholes on the roads. It all just, we Thank need you. all, we need to fix it all. Um, but I just, I'm sitting here 
it's Groundhog's Day and I'm staring going to Tampa in the face and then having to head to Santa Clara right after. And it's just like if they if they even beat Tampa, Tampa looks good right now. I was about to say, like, Tampa is actually good. Like, that's the craziest part is Tampa this year may be better with Baker Mayfield than they were a year ago with Tom Brady. That's what somebody asked the other day. They're like, like, is Baker Mayfield better than Tom Brady? I'm like, well, obviously no. But right in this moment, Baker Mayfield compared to that moment last year, Tom Brady? Yes. Yeah. Again, like I I say this every week and I say it on the show. Baker Mayfield just does a lot of like common sense stuff Mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, we're in the red zone. I'm going to throw it to Mike Evans because he's 6'5", you know? Like, oh, I am about to get killed. Maybe I should check it down to Rashad White. Like, he just seems to, like, get what to do in Tampa. And that proves very beneficial in a playoff game where he's not going to sling three interceptions because he's like, you know what? Mike Evans, 6'5", I'm going to throw it up. Rashad White, he can run. I'm just going to dump it down to him. Kind of like why everybody's like, well, how is Joe Flacco being successful? I'm like, I don't know. He started to Amari Cooper and David Njoku. And yeah. Then moving they, on. they run the ball. They run play action. And then David Njoku is just running by himself across the middle. And he finds him. It just, it just seems like they know scheme. I was watching the USC bowl game last night in that uh, backup to Caleb Williams. Um, what were we wrong about Caleb Williams? Is he a system quarterback? That Moss Miller kid, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, he just understands the system, so he knows where everyone's supposed to be, and it doesn't really matter about his athleticism or arm strength. He's just like knows where to throw the ball on yep. every single play. It's pretty beneficial." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a smart quarterback is—I uh, I don't know—knowing the system thing. quite hmm. quite helpful. Hmm. Maybe maybe I should have studied. It's like it's like taking a test in college. It's like if you know the questions and how to do them. Test is going to be a lot easier. That is wild. If you did the homework, usually the test is a little bit easier. <laughs> Hard to master um, that theory, but so I, you know, I'm not looking forward to the playoffs. Obviously, we're here to talk, but like, but that's what I'm staring in the face, and I'm not staring a, a win in the. I don't know what I'm looking at. So You're they need to win this game for a multitude of reasons. Momentum. They can't lose three in a row. Vibes. Um, also, a you know a chance to to tech still right now. If the Cowboys win the next two and the Eagles drop one, you win the division. Like, so just win two games and let the rest play it out. Do the Giants find a way? Maybe at home. You you never know what Kyler Williams is going to show up against the Eagles this week. Um, you, You never know. So you have to just go out and win the game. And it also goes back, Aiden, this is my last point, to what we said a couple weeks ago about peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I said, are the Cowboys peaking at the wrong time when they were on this win streak? Five in a row. And now they've lost two in a row. You need to bounce back and find that peakness again. Because if you go into the playoffs limping, winning basically one out of your last four, one out of your last five, and that's even if they beat the commanders and they lose to Detroit okay. or, you know, you never know. Jacoby resets there now. Um, that is just no way you want to head into a playoff game, especially against a guy like Baker Mayfield, who I guarantee will find some way to do something crazy. Peaking at the right time would Mm -hmm. be the best way to describe the Buccaneers right now. Or maybe too early. Find a way to win. It's Jimmy Johnson night. He's finally going in. Speaking about going in, Darren Woodson, it's time to put him in the Hall of Fame as well. He's one of the 15 finalists. 
I put my list out of who I think the five should be of this list on Twitter, KMS22, but it, it is time to put Darren Woodson in. This, this, this comical act of not having him in is just absurd and outrageous. He was the backbone of those Cowboys 90s Super Bowl teams on defense. He is, a, he is an all-around good person. It, just, just put him in the goddamn Hall of Fame, okay? I'm, I'm done with it. We can move on. Okay. Oh, my eyes twitching. I wonder why. Did you have Celsius or is it because you're sick? Or maybe it's because Darren Woodson's on the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get there. He'll get there. Uh, I do think you guys win, though. I'm pretty confident. Cowboys this week. So for a variety of reasons. You think think the Cowboys can put up points on them? Yes. I don't think the Lions defense is very good. (laughs) I think that the offense, I do like. I really like the offense and the youth in their offense, like Jameer Gibbs is going to be great. Sam Laporte is going to be great. They're going to be really good for years to come. Uh, I think CD Lamb's going to have 13 catches in this game. Probably. Because they're going to. Probably. They're going to. It's kind of, it's kind of like what happened after the Niners game. I don't know if you remember that same thing. Like they kind of yeah. just ignored him. And then CD like kind of went off a little bit. And then he had what? Like three straight weeks of 150 yards didn't, and 11 catches. But, so it's like, yeah, let's get back to that. And I think even in that game afterwards, he even had a rushing touchdown. They're like, all right, we're just going to get him the ball any way possible. He's our best running back. (laughs) He might be. That is not a joke. I think if you ranked the running backs on the Cowboys team, it'd be CeeDee Lamb, Micah, Tony Pollard. (laughs) Actually, Micah, CeeDee Lamb, Micah, Rico Dowdle, Tony Pollard. Would you, like, I know that this will never happen, but, like, you need a touchdown at the goal line. Like if Mike McCarthy's not at least trying in practice to see what Micah looks like for mm-hmm. like a one to two yard rush. Again, it goes back to bad coaching. He's begged that, for it. He wants it. Can you imagine also, like game on it. the line? You haven't seen it all season. It's, you know, they need a touchdown to win this game. It's third and two. Third and goal from the two, and all of a sudden you see eleven trot out there and are running back, and the yeah. defense is like, "What?" The? Yeah, <laughs> love awesome. that. Hell yeah! Oh, oh. I think that about Mulatto all the time. Former rugby player, like mm-hmm. if we ever put him back there, like what would happen? But they they seem to have another go to play with in a goal to go situation to need a yard. That seems to be working pretty well. So thirty nine yards, play. Jalen Hurts has on his fifteen rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah, it's been very funny to see Hurts become the guy who runs too much and then turn into, oh, it's not impressive with his rushing touchdowns because of the tush push. And it's like, mm-hmm. can't win. Can't win. Nope. There's always nope. going to be something. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of wins, you coming off one. Congratulations. We did it. But pucker a little bit there. I think we're at a point of just like general apathy where if they would have blown that game, I think everyone, everyone would have been upset, but they'd been like, is this just who you guys are now? Yep. Like you just do this every week. I think it would there would be less of a frustration level than the Seahawks loss if they would have blown that game. Yeah. It also hilariously we'll we'll go through it, but they outgained the Giants four sixty five to two ninety two. They doubled them up on first down twenty eight to fourteen. They never trailed once during the game. They're up seventeen at halftime. It never actually felt like they were in position to lose the game, even though there were multiple possessions where they're only up by a score. It was weird. And you guys whacked Tommy DeVito. Literally. It was the Goodfellas scene. Yep. When Joe Pesci walks in the room and the two guys are behind him. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, that is and Ray Liotta's at the and uh, what's his name are at the phone booth and he's smashing the phone because he founds out it gets whacked. Mm-hmm. What a great movie! And, oh, it's a phenomenal movie. Actually, I might watch that the rest of the day. That's a great movie to put on. It takes a little bit of a turn, like with the whole helicopter scene and stuff. It's chaotic because yeah. it's like a sad ending because then he's just like addicted yeah. to drugs. So, but the first like hour of the movie is just phenomenal. Oh, Casino yeah. too, if you've never seen it. We, I think we talked about that with the with the uh, billionaire who they're like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, your plane's not working. Oh yes, the yes. casino. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think I saw a clip from that today when it was. Uh, oh, why am I forgetting? Um, what's his name? not Al Pacino, the other Italian actor who's in every Italian mm. movie? You know what I'm talking about? Robert De Niro. Yes, thank you. <laughs> He's like, I want him dead. I want. Him, I want the house burnt down. I yep. want to piss on his ass. <laughs> yep. I just saw that clip today. I don't even know what it was. Oh, it was in reference to Jonathan Gannon. So that is actually a perfect segue. I want him dead. I want his house burnt down. <laughs> This would be ah, uh, this would I just it would be a bad loss for e. I think it would be a worse loss for the fans than it would be the team if they lost to Jonathan Gannon. It would be the worst loss possible for all parties involved. Trust yep. me. <laughs> yep. uh, but I do genuinely think that team's going to be fired up and so like, oh, revenge, revenge game versus former team. It's like. For what? Like you mm-hmm. made out like a bandit. You were a, a terrible defensive coordinator for two years. You lost the Super Bowl. You got the job. You got it illegally and tampered. And now, like you're in your dream role of NFL head coach. Like there's no revenge for you to have. You have the dream, Jonathan Gannon. And you're on a team with such low expectations, and nobody even judges your coaching ability because they gave you a roster in which it's so untalented they expect you to lose. So anytime you do win, it's like, oh, Jonathan Gannon might be a good head coach. It's like you are in the best, most fortunate situation possible. Is Kayvon Wallace still on that team? Yes. he's. uh, He might have got released in on another team. I saw recently he was doing well, though. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys could use him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we could. Yes, we could. We've been through like four safeties so far, and Let's they're not see. working. Out there. Let's see. I oh, think he he definitely at least started the year in the Cardinals. I saw recently though he's playing well for somebody, and I don't know if he got released and picked up by somebody else and was playing well there, but he was he was doing well. Because your White's definitely on the team. We could have used him at linebacker. <laughs> I don't even think he was that expensive. TJ Edwards was expensive, but I don't even think Kazir White was that expensive. He <clears throat> he is currently on the Tennessee Titans. That's what it was. He got picked up by the Titans and he played well recently. Yep. Yep. So hmm. what can you do? Ah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to say this is a trap game at all. I think the Eagles do win this is, game, though. but I don't know. I I do like it's not going to be the level of energy you would expect from a three-win team at the beginning of January. Like, I think they're going to play with more emphasis and effort than you would expect. Don't let them catch you off guard with that. I think Jonathan Gannon is going to have them fired up and ready to go. But again, that should not surprise anybody within the locker room, anybody within the stadium. Everybody should know that. And like your game happens Saturday night. So you can sit down, relax, put your feet up. Maybe. You'll know one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it, if the Cowboys lose, okay, you win this game, you win the division. If the Lions lose, you're like, okay, we can be the two seed if we beat the Cardinals. Like you'll have motivation right there. 
you there's like no lack of motivation in this game. If the if the Eagles or if the Cowboys lose on Saturday night, I'm immediately tweeting from the Brandon account, the Kevin from the office suite. Oh my God, I think the Eagles could win the NFC East. I think the Eagles could clinch the <laughs> NFC East. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And the the other thing about you saying the energy of a, of a three-win team, Kyler Murray's playing for kind of everything right now. He's playing yeah. for either Arizona to not draft a quarterback and show them that he's still the guy or basically auditioning for other teams to come and get him. Yeah, I think it's the latter. Yeah, I, I, he just I don't know. That's my I've thought about this so many times. I'm like, they should be a fired up team, ready to go, ready to support your coach. Like this is a big you're playing for nothing. So this will be fun. Like if you're a competitor and you just like never see like him fired up. So I don't yeah. know. I, I genuinely don't know what to expect from him on, on Sunday. I don't expect I don't know what to expect from the defense against him on Sunday either. So that's something you can expect a little tiny Madden player just running around your screen. He is. But when he gets scrambling his legs, he looks like a loony too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. You literally know what he should. Listen, you guys should pick him up because he's never lost in the state of Texas. So you go undefeated (laughs) at home every year. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually insane. Can you imagine? Because <laughs> now people are talking about Dak making fifty-five to sixty million a year starting next year. So, what does Ky- Kyler make though? I mean, uh, he just signed that extension a year ago. Mm-mm. It's not, it's not fifty-five, sixty, but it's close. Like he's yeah. not, he's not getting paid the Brock Purdy nine hundred thousand dollars special. He can't afford the Christmas <laughs> presents. He signed a five-year, two hundred, and he's guaranteed thirty-five point three next season. Well, that's not 55. And then he'll get another 11.9 in 2025 if he's on a roster. Speaking of being on a roster, how about how dirty Denver is uh, doing to Russ? Yeah, but at the same time. You kind of have to. Yeah, like he wasn't – you gave up the farm for him, and he wasn't good, and he's raking in cash. I don't know. I don't – I don't think he can. Russell like, in terms of like people in life that I feel sympathy for, there's like 1500 players yep. before Russell Wilson. So did his career completely end when he the second he made that Mr. Unlimited video? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I think that was yeah. it. That I was think everyone started to see who he was. Yep. He's like the character in Community who changes their name legally to Subway to be a brand ambassador. And their entire life is just being like this commercialized human version of the company Subway. That's who Russell Wilson is as a human being, just a commercialized company man. He's a caricature. He's just a caricature. He's a carbon copy of a carbon copy. When he did the whole thing, warming up uh, pregame when he had the hand injury and he like fakely broke the huddle and everything like, Uh And he was saying, I'm rehabbing this finger 23 hours a day. Just calm down here. Yeah, exactly. Him and yeah. And now this and then the stories of that Seattle team and the the shit talker there was about him now all make sense. Yeah, I was gonna the fact that the players on the team didn't even have your number. They had to call somebody to call you and you're supposed to be like a brotherhood in the locker room. I feel like that's why I don't have sympathy right now. I'm like, you're we're in it from the money to begin with. So if someone's playing with the money. I don't really, I can't be mad. Excuse me, Pete Carroll. Um, did anyone go to Russell Wilson's birthday party? Yeah, he's, he's Bo Callahan. Literally. <laughs> Vontae Mack, no matter what. 
Literally, Bobby Wagner, no matter what. Bobby Wagner, no matter what. And that worked. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, All right, back to the Eagles. Back to the Eagles. Okay. There's a few points. Let's just get into them. The offense is good. And I just, we talked about a little bit last week with the magic mirror thing. They just need to look in the mirror and remember that they're good and have talent and stop doing dumb things, mm-hmm. which is the intro to the show. Hey, it's stop doing dumb things. Thanks. And it has come full circle. They absolutely dominated that Giants team. And if it weren't for running into each other on a kickoff, slipping and falling down that turns into a, a, a pick six, yep. going shotgun on third and one when you are running an infamous play for its success rate, like you, if you just got out of your own way, you won that game by 30. Yep. And it's just again, and you do again, what the Cowboys did to the Giants. Yeah. It would be at a similar score. I think what did they win? Like 40 to three or something like that. Yep. We're trending 40, 20, 40 to nothing. The first 40 game. to nothing. Yeah. We were trending that way. 20 to three at halftime. Got the starting quarterback benched. You did everything right. And if you just got out of your own way, you'd be fine. Yep. There's but that comes back to coaching as well. It does. And the, every comment that I see, uh, and there's some people that I follow on Twitter who I value their opinion with the all 22 and they're screaming. Like they are so mad. When they watch it, because uh, with with every blitz that comes to the Eagles on third down, they're running past the sticks like they have no outlet pass. You know, in in mm-hmm. basketball, like get the ball up the court to turn, outlet the ball out. They have nothing. There was a play on third and goal where Jalen Hurts gets sacked, and you watch it, and every receiver is just running towards the end zone. Nobody's even has their head turned around as he's getting rushed. So they didn't pick up the blitz. And if Julio Jones just runs a slant and stops over the middle, it's a, t- it's a first down, it's a touchdown, it's everything. But they just don't do that. And there's like five examples a game where you just want to, like, you know when you're walking a dog and you're like, all right, stop, stay, yeah. good dog. That's what I feel like we have to do with every Eagles receiver. Like, just allow somebody, go over the middle, stop, stay. Okay, good boy, run with the ball. Go. Just like, <laughs> all right, yep. take off. We'll we'll play fetch. If you just stop, stay, and then go in the middle of the field. We'll throw you the ball. We can play fetch, yep. and they just don't do that. And they, it's been a problem. And everyone's going to blame Brian Johnson. That's been a problem with Shane Steichen too. They don't utilize them. They haven't utilized the middle of the field this year. If you watch the route tree of Devontae Smith, he had one catch over the middle of the field. It was the only completion of the middle field that Jalen Hurts had, and it was a touchdown. I don't know what else you could see that wouldn't tell you like, hey, maybe go back to this. It kind of worked. Or go back to I don't know you. I think you have probably the best, if not top two, slant running wide receivers in the league in AJ Brown. He literally lead led the league in yards after the catch, and now we can't get a single slant. They don't. They don't go into motion. They don't get, go across the middle of the field. They don't use the tight ends across the middle of the field. They don't check down to the running backs. It was like a big deal parade worthy thing that on a certain play, they brought the blitz off the corner. Kenny Gainwell went out in the flat. They hit him and it turned into a 12 yard gain. And it's like, where is that every single week? If they just did that three times a game, they would probably win every game by 14. This is not alliteration. Like this is true. It's it's almost like Nick Sirianni's like all week is more worried about like what T-shirt he's going to wear 
to practice that's going to go viral and how he's going to be fired up on the sideline and putting his little numbers on his thing and mm-hmm. making sure that his Italian flag on his on his hat is good. And he's just like he's almost becoming a, a meme. And then he's like, yeah, just run the same offensive plan back. We're, we'll just run it back for this week. And it's like, whereas in the beginning, it was like innovation, attention to detail. There was so much about growing the flowers. And I feel like he just feels like the plants have grown. And now it's just like, okay, I have a garden. And it's not like trying to continue to make the garden fresher. Yeah. I would honestly say like uh, the gimmicks are gone though. Like I, I, when you talk, like he hasn't had like a speech with the flowers in quite some time. No funny t-shirts. Like he just looks like a tired, miserable. Is he just exhausted? I think he's just exhausted. And it, it shows like the team just looks exhausted. I don't know if I, I posted the clip from birds versus boys. They won that game. And Mike, Gar- Mike Galifaro was on the sideline and he pans to the sideline after the game winning interception and nobody celebrates yeah. nobody. Like they just walk to like meet the giants in midfield and wish them well. And good luck. Not one person was jumping up and down celebrating. It's insane. Like they just look miserable and tired at all times. I, I think I, I said, I noticed that against the Cowboys game in Dallas, that that was the first time I've seen Nick Sirianni on the sideline. Like just no fire, stoic, stoic, no fire, no visor hat, no fire. Like, like the whole thing. Remember last year he was like on this, that thing is a meme now where he's like, or like the whole thing where he's like, I know what I'm fucking doing. Mm -hmm. Remember that whole thing where he got caught on mic or, and earlier in the season, greeting all the Eagles fans, going up into the stands, high-fiving everybody, the whole thing, the Chiefs, I don't hear you anymore. It seems like since that Chiefs game, that's where those things have kind of changed. Stopped. Even then, it was kind of rare. Like, that's the only point to see. I feel like every game last year, he was, like, talking to the fans up in the stands after the away games and stuff like that. None of that's there this week. Uh, I feel like they just, they are. scared uh, he doesn't have Big Dom next to him anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's changed since we lost Big Dom. Unbelievable. They just feel like we need to remind them that they are good at their job, very talented human beings, and they should have fun doing it. There's an episode of Catfish where the kid finds out he gets catfished, and it's a pretty brutal one. And he comes from like a broken home. Like, didn't I, I think he didn't have parents or something like that. So he took it really hard when he got catfished because it was like the first time he'd ever, you know, had a connection with somebody. Yep. So he's like screaming, freaking out. And the host just like hugs him, and the host walks away and he goes, I think that's the first time anyone's ever told this kid that he's felt love and like has ever anyone's ever shown affection to him or ever hugged him in his entire life. That's how I feel about the Eagles right now. It's like, yeah, I feel like no one's ever like hugged them and told them that they're like good quality human beings this this season. Like no one's ever said like, hey, you guys are really good at your job. Like you're an enjoyable product. You mm-hmm. should be that. Like they, they've just totally forgot who they are. It's almost like they're actually listening to Philadelphia media. They are they and they clearly are because they're arguing with people online there. I hate the fact that they go on certain radio shows Yep. because obviously they're listening to that. And it's just like, but at the same time, I don't even blame some of these like like when I watch those all 22 from people who know what they're talking about and they're like, this is unacceptable how sloppy this is. It's hard to just be like. Well, let's overlook it. Like, oh, yeah. let's have a good time. Let's make sure the vibes are good for these guys. And like the run the ball thing, it worked. Like you can be mad at the fans and down on them all you want. That was the perfect offense. After that third and 20, they had a 16-yard run, four-yard run, play-action pass 
to Dallas Goddard, gets them first down to the four-yard line, run into the end zone. We're not wrong. It is literally the why are you booing me? I'm right situation. Yep. <clears throat> I remember this offseason where I was like, oh, my God. They're going to have DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny yeah. and Gainwell. It's like I thought – and there was like these talks of this three-headed running back monster and they're going to be able to just run these guys into the ground because they're never going to get tired and behind that Hall of Fame offensive line. And it's like, what ha- What happened what, to that? What happened? That, that That's what I want to do. Like I want this offense to look and be like, this is what you could be. I would say the Giants came – like I said, they dominated. They just did some dumb things. But for the most part, like – they moved the ball. They won in all three phases of the game, even special teams. But they they ran the ball effectively. They finally ran like they they had the fuck you drive that we talk about so much. Like yep. the Giants got the ball back, but the Eagles possessed it for about five minutes and put a field goal on the board. Like they they had good. They did good things. There were different yep. plays. There was play action. They ran play action from under center. They even had like a wide receiver screen to Britton Covey just to change things up, see what he could do. Like they utilized different people. They were Alameda Zaccheaus is blocking all the way down the field on the punt return on the wide receiver uh, touchdown of Devontae Smith. Like they did a lot of good things. It's just yep. it's it's easy to say, like, if you just eliminate the sloppiness, they'll be fine. It, so it's like they do a lot of great stuff, but they have sloppy plays in week 17. It's hard to be like, well, if they just fix the sloppiness, it's like, no, the, the, there were 17 it. weeks to fix it. And they yeah. haven't. Elliot Shore Parks was talking about this. He was like, there were multiple times they stopped training camp practices because Nick Sirianni lit into them because he was mad about the sloppiness and the penalties in training camp practices. You're telling me post Christmas, they're going to magically figure that out. I don't, I just don't think it's going to work. That's kind of almost like the same thing with the Cowboys right now. And what we talk about with the attention, to little details, like this is a multi-year issue that is not going to get changed overnight. No. especially overnight heading into the playoffs. A week of practice is not fixing this. My only, my one hope with the Eagles, it was promising to see the way the offense moved the ball and the way that they moved the ball on Sunday or Monday against the Giants with the run and pass balance, with the utilization of play action uh, to get multiple guys involved. My hope is like when they get to the playoffs, it's a team that's like, oh yeah, we've been here before. Like yep. there's times where I feel like they're sleepwalking because they know that they're a good team and they would get to that game and be like, okay, we're locked back in. You know, like they, I think it's a group of guys who have been there before. No matter what's being said, I think in a playoff situation, they could lock themselves in. And I also think that's why, um, and it's, it's extremely important for both of our teams. I think um, the way that they're playing heading into the playoffs to have that first round home game. Yep. I really do. I think yeah. that would benefit both of our teams because I think that would reset, especially I think the Eagles, because then I think the Eagles, the Eagles are definitely <clears throat> their offense. Everything about them is built to be able to go on the road and handle business. Um, but I think having that, even if it's one um, first home game, well, they would probably have two if they, if they won their first two, uh, they would have another one, but they, I think they would have the ability to go on the road um to win i think it's just like that reset like you said like if they get in the atmosphere all of a sudden it's a first round playoff game at night saturday night against the vikings at home against the link they're in their all blacks the place is going nuts that switch would flip and be like okay Mm -hmm. now we know what to do this is why we're here yeah Mm -hmm. that's my my line of thinking as well so that's why it was nice to see some positives from the offense it's like all right 
part of that was just sleepwalking. Part of that was you weren't executing well. They did execute well in terms of offense scheme. So that's really good to see. The other good thing real quick is the reinforcement. So Avante Maddox was a full participant in practice last week. He was activated from the practice window and he will likely play this week after tearing his pack in week two. It is phenomenal to have him back. He is incredibly underrated. It is a position of need since he's gone down in slot corner. I saw they are 12 and two over the past two seasons when he plays. One of those losses was the Super Bowl. The other loss was against the Cowboys when he hurt his toe on a sack of Dak Prescott. So even in that game where he got hurt and they lost, he was effective. He and Dallas Goddard, it's ironic that they are roommates because they're the two most underrated and underappreciated guys on this team in respect of offense and defense. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, him battling back, people thought he was going to be done for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the type of – this is like – They always say like additions at the deadline and stuff like this is a a basically like a free agent addition to your team because you've been playing without him for what, 15 weeks. So to get that infusion and in the infusion at the exact spot that you need on the defense is huge. My friend was telling me that uh, hot chicken was invented by accident, like the Nashville hot chicken. I almost feel. God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you just you're eating regular chicken, regular chicken, regular chicken, and then by accident you create hot chicken. You're like, wow, this is great. That we'll watch that Eagles defense with Avante Maddox on the field, and we've been eating chicken, eating chicken, eating chicken. And then we'll see him play, and we're like, whoa, this hot yeah. chicken. Yeah. This is this is a game changer. This is different. <laughs> yep. And and all he needs to do, I think, is make one big play in the beginning of the game, and that's also one of those catalysts. Oh yeah, open field tackle from him, and you know, pass breakup. It, if he could get a pass breakup on Trey McBride, who gets like 18 targets a week, by the way, which is insane. We both loved coming out of college also out of Colorado State. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. And now, man, yeah, that's mm-hmm. rough. He's going to – I. he'll probably – win or lose, I think he will have like 10 receptions against the Eagles. I think he's going to dominate. But uh, Speaking yeah. of, that reminds me real quick before we head out um, – Ertz is still out there, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I heard that he might sign with the 49ers. I'm sure he wants to come back to the Eagles. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a few weeks now. He's been released and he's still out there. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll see with that. And we'll see. Avante Maddox is back this week. Kaylee Ringo was playing on the outside. He's getting rave reviews. James Bradbury was playing in the slot. Eli Ricks has been playing on the outside a little bit. Obviously, Darius Slay should be back as well with that knee surgery. So if Maddox is back and Slay comes back and Ringo's playing well. What happens to Bradbury? We have some very tough discussions to have because it's a weird position where the Eagles have to find out if Ringo is the CB1 of the future in the present while they're competing for a playoff spot for playoff that you births and you know a super bowl run potentially yep so they have to find out the present in the now but is he just better in the now in general so it's a very interesting position to be in it sure is and all in terms of that you're being a cowboys fan this weekend i am being obviously a cardinals fan (laughs) because you can have the cowboys win and still win the division i need at least one baby yeah, and no, no better time than the present. I was going to say, especially against the Cardinals, who the Cowboys lost to earlier yep. this season. 
So oh, this would be this would be this would be the biggest for you. Uh, one more thing on the Eagles and the Cardinals. It's a one o'clock start. The first one o'clock start since week four. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, oh my goodness. And if we both win next week, we'll probably get flexed to four or 30. So, yep. yeah. And I feel like the Eagles used to live at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. East Coast. So it's just normal. Yep. And now and it's then been primetime, primetime, primetime. They got good, so it's all about primetime. Yeah, a few West Coast in there, and all of a sudden you're playing 4 o'clock at the earliest. Ugh, never ends. All right, so we have two huge games this weekend. Jimmy Johnson going in the ring of honor. Eagles trying to win back-to-back games at home, Jonathan getting that mojo back. Hell. Oof. I will continue to fight my battle. I appreciate all the, the love and support. So as the Cowboys are out there fighting – I, too, am here fighting. All right, and let everybody know where they can watch, where they can listen. We appreciate you all. Hope you all have a happy New Year. Hope you're having wonderful time with your friends and family during the holiday season as well. You can find us on YouTube, Birds vs. Boys Pod. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Close in on a big number for us. On Twitter, at Birds vs. Boys Pod. On TikTok and Instagram, Birds vs. Boys is where we put all of our reels from the shows that we do. So you can find both of those there. And we like to talk to you in the comments about everything that we've said. So that's always fun to talk to the people. Anywhere you can find us, Birds vs. Boys Pod. Make sure you uh, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Big weekend. The season's wrapping up. Savor this now. Savor the time with the family mm-hmm. watching a little football. It does not get better than this. Let's get two wins this week. We're in solidarity. Let's get two wins. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy it because you're going to blink your eye and we will be doing draft prospect profiles before you know it. You can only literally blink one eye at this point, so that checks out. <laughs> Love you all. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Beating the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.